episode 55 of the App Device Weekly Podcast. I'm Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net, and with me as always is Trevor Sheridan of App Advice. Last week was Valentine's Day, so in this episode, Trevor and I explore some conventional and rather unconventional love-themed releases, which include cats, cellos, and cubes. How you doing tonight, Trevor? Doing good, looking to flow into all these different really interesting titles that you know they're kind of game kind of app they kind of blend the two yeah yeah i noticed that this week some of these games i could see where people may not call them games but they're still sort of narrative titles that you would kind of play through but not in a conventional sense right and so apple news not the most is going on right now we're kind of in a holding pattern until a potential spring event so that means we have plenty of time to talk about what the App Store is doing, and it doesn't seem to take a holiday, whether it's President's Day or regardless. App Store's firing on all cylinders, and an interesting app this week is called Gladys. It's spelled with a Y at the end, so it's for your iPad designed around the iOS 11 drag-and-drop feature. So if you ever use that feature, this is kind of like a universal clipboard that always shows you everything that's available. So you can grab a photo from an email and then have it saved so then it can be used in Safari or Messages or flip it around, grab a link from Safari, have it available in email. It's really the classic drag-and-drop setup, but now you have a universal Dropbox between apps. So instead of just having Safari and email up, you can have Safari drag something over, and then it's there for whatever app you might need to use what you dragged and dropped over. Right, yeah, the nice thing about this is you can even categorize the items that you've dragged over. So if you kind of want to just build up this repository of things that then you're not constantly switching back and forth between apps, you kind of just go build up all your your supply of items that you're going to use in maybe it's a message or a article you're writing or some document you're writing you kind of just store all this stuff and then the nice thing is you can categorize it but then also it can sync across iCloud as well so say you start grabbing a few things on your phone well later you just pop onto your iPad and all that stuff is sitting there and it's all there ready to go to drag into whatever the the document you happen to be working on. So it's a nice way to keep organized and not have to do all of this manipulating around to always have access to this pool of information that you want to keep track of. Right. The only hesitation for me was that you always have to bring Gladys up. You know, part of the convenience of kind of just a universal clipboard is that you can copy something and then you have it for later. So this one, you can copy anything you want, but then you have to open... Gladys and press the little paste icon in the upper left. So it's that consistent shelf, but then you purposely need that shelf available. I don't find myself using drag and drop as much as I wanted to. So you kind of have to get used to always, you know, dragging up from the bottom of the screen to bring the dock activated and then drag Gladys into position. Right. You can still use that little uh, quick, I forget what that little tab thing that you bring up where you pick send to Gladys so you don't have to necessarily drag and drop so even if you're on a device that doesn't support drag and drop you could still send stuff to Gladys and have it stored in there with that little I forget what they call that little page where you can bring that, up that share you basically sheet. Have the, yeah. yeah the share sheet 
yes, you can use that to send stuff to it as well. It's just not going to be like that graphical thing where you can see it, but at least you can send other items to it and have them there for when you do go back to use the the actual graphical interface and drag the items into whatever document you're working on. Right, that actually the share sheet is much more convenient, especially because this is, I think, iPad only. I don't remember. I'd have to look that up. I actually, do not recall. It's compatible with iPhone. So on iPhone, the share sheet's more valuable because you don't have that quick drag and drop access to it. And then, like you said, there's the whole iCloud syncing. So anything that you, if there's any kind of stuff you have on your phone that you want to bring over to your iPad or vice versa, this is going to come in really handy. And then also you can export everything in your Gladys section as a zip file to then throw up to your computer or maybe send the whole entire collection to someone else. Right, right. And it's, it's worth noting that the app is free. And with that free access, you can, I think, store 10 items in Gladys at a time. And then you would have to delete something to fit something new in. Otherwise, I think it's only 99 cents, like a one-time in-app purchase to give you unlimited number of items stored in there. So if it's something you find yourself using, it's only a buck to have unlimited number of items in there, which seems like a good deal. Yeah, so that's worth noting Gladys is free it's universal and then it's going to be 99 cents to unlock everything and you get to try it to see if this is going to be something that fits in your workflow of how you use your iOS devices and then unlimited for just one dollar yep and so that's Gladys and then the next two app pseudo slash games are both romantic based and the first one is Florence and this is kind of the story of a first love of the main character. She's 25 years old. She meets somebody in chance circumstances, and it tells the story of their kind of first love initial relationship and what then occurs after that. Don't want to spoil the love story or anything. So it's that basis of the idea, and it's kind of like an interactive storybook, but there's no text at all. Everything's conveyed through the imagery of the app, and then there's these small little mini games. For example, you'll brush, you'll swipe your finger across the screen to brush your teeth, or once you get to the conversation sequences, there are these little puzzle pieces that you put together to then send your little kind of like text blurb up to the window. So it has these little tiny mini games to proceed through the really picture driven story. Yeah, it's just beautifully animated, and and it 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 constantly is showing like different ways to to illustrate this this story as it unfolds, and it's broken up into separate chapters. But one, it's all these little details that you really notice as you're playing through it. I mean, it's beautifully scored, and then with that whole talking sequence. So when this couple is first meeting you're dragging up these little word balloons into their conversation and you're doing that by putting together these puzzle pieces well as with any kind of relationship at first it's struggling to find the words to talk to this person because you don't really know each other so the the little word balloons start off with maybe like five or six pieces you have to put together then as they their relationship matures and they start to get Friend, uh, comfortable with each other then you start to see like maybe only three pieces or two pieces or one piece and so it's uh, it's really interesting how they 
just convey all these little nuances of the relationship in these little details that they don't even have to use words. And it's just all done through animation, music, and just these little gestures that you're doing on the screen. Yeah, it's a surprisingly simple structure, but it still becomes quite evocative to define their entire relationship and really the story of Florence and her entire life. So you have a lot to kind of take in, and I think that puzzle piece sequence was the most, like, main takeaway for me as well, of just how that first date, it's tough to come up with the right words, and then it becomes simpler so less puzzle pieces are required. And then, like with any relationship, it's going to have its own ups and downs. It's not going to be all perfect, so you're going to have to deal with that. And just, you'll get to see that there's some inspiration to the entire story, even though it's relatively short. I think it takes less than an hour to get through it. And with that, there's 20 chapters, but each chapter is just a couple minutes. Right, yeah. It only took me probably close to 30 minutes to play through the game or play through the story. And it's not one of these where if you play through it a second time, you're going to end up with a different result. It's always the same story. It is a beautiful story. And it is, I could see someone playing through it a second time just for the story itself and just re experiencing it. But it is a fairly short experience. Right. So that's kind of a limitation because. I mean, it's a paid app, and say you only use it once, and it goes by in less than a half hour. You really appreciate the, the time that went into crafting everything, but as a pure user experience, there's only so much you can gather from the app. Right. I mean, it is a, a amazing group of people that worked on the app as well. Like they have people from Tin Man Games. They have uh, people for, that worked on Monument Valley and a whole bunch of other titles that formed this new studio that put this thing together. So it's got a nice pedigree and you can definitely see the artistry and work that went into it. It's going to leave you wanting more because it was so good and the story was so heartfelt that it, it is quite an experience, but it is a, a brief experience. And so that's Florence. It's two ninety nine, and it's universal. And then continuing the theme is Perfect Date, and that's spelled P-U-R-R to indicate that the entire game is about cats. And so <laughs> at first glance, the app description says it's a cat dating app. And so that's pretty interesting in its own right. It comes from the makers of I Am Bread and surgeon simulator so it has that kind of kooky idea methodology going into it and then you actually go and see that there's more mystery than just a cat dating app so you play as the science student who gets an internship or a work project at this cat island and so you arrive at cat island you meet the professor and then you start to just kind of figure out that there's a lot of weird things on this cat island it's not just a cat story and so as you go i don't want to spoil the story but the main <laughs> kind of concept idea is that you need to be able to communicate with cats to be able to date the cats so there's an action point that sends everything into motion and so now you'll be able to communicate with the cats there's five main cats and each time you go in, you get to pick what cat you want to date. And your internship on the island is only two months. So it's likely that you're going to get to another intern who's going to go through same sequences, but then can make different choices. And so everything 
is about choices though this isn't like a telltale game where you have a lot of choices like every few lines of dialogue there's a choice this has lots and lots of lines of dialogues and then maybe a single choice sprinkled in so hopefully you have your reading glasses on when you dive into this game yeah, so I, I don't want to spoil anything either, but this is another one of these crazy titles. I love Boston Studios. They come up with these crazy, weird ideas. And when, yeah, when you first read that description, you're like, what is this? Like a dating sim, but you're with cats? But it's actually this whole narrative mystery story that you're going through. And like you said, there is a lot of reading going on. And you do have some choices here and there, but you're not making a lot of choices. So you're work as you're as this intern on there you're every day you're having a choice of various things so you're either going on trying to date a cat or you're doing some recon to look around the island just check it out and do things or you're doing the research project that you're supposed to be doing for this uh professor and so each day you're kind of deciding which of these items you're going to do and it's up to you how you want to do in what order but as soon as you do your three research projects you have to do then your day is over because you've completed everything you're supposed to do so it's up to you if you want to do more exploration and dating before you hit that end of your your actual research the one point that i that i kind of was sad about that because this is the same studio that brought us Thomas was alone with amazing, amazing dialogue, like voiceover work for all of the dialogue that was on the screen. I really wish they had done voice work for this instead of having you read every single bit. I mean, the writing is fantastic. It's hilarious at times, but I really wish that you didn't have to read everything. I wish that some of it had been voice work. And I understand they can't really do that because then you're limited to certain languages where it's a lot easier to just have a whole bunch of translations and it show the local language. But I really miss that. And I was hoping for that based on the previous work of Bassa, but uh, that was really my only dig against it. I've just really been enjoying it. It's one of these things where you just keep on wanting to go back and see what other weird things are going to happen on this island and what weird cats are going to show up. So I've, I've been having a blast with this one. Yeah, I didn't have really any expectations going in, especially once it says it's like some cat dating app. It's kind of like Hodaful Boyfriend where you're dating pigeons and that was weird. So <laughs> I, I was hoping it wasn't along those lines, but Boston Studios, I'd give it a chance. And then it turns into this whole mystery island experiment kind of things. What's going on with the cats? Why are the cats there? Why does this island only have one professor on it? Is the professor sinister? Is he a good guy? You have all these questions pop up from every single interaction with the cat. And like you said, it's really detailed storytelling. The writing is fantastic to bring each one of these cat characters to life to have their own distinct personality. I could see it benefiting from a whole kind of voice work narration, but then you have to get different voices for each of the cats. So that's five main characters, then the professor, then the security guard. Then when you go and do a playthrough, like I said, you have a different person every two months. So then each one of those has different voice work. So it probably became too complex but with the amount of dialogue to read through with few interactions in between there will be parts where you're just like five minutes straight reading through parts of the game 
Right. Well, it does say in the app description, it says more words than Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, that should tell you right there that this is a pretty meaty story with a lot of text. But I, yeah, I, I guess I kind of wish there were more points where you could make a decision, even if it didn't really like change the story that much. It just to give you something to to click on or do rather than just tapping to read through the text page after page after page of text or box after box of text. But um, but I, I other than that, I mean, it is a good story that's going to keep your attention that even if you are someone who doesn't like to read a lot, you're going to want to read this just because of the sheer craziness of it. And so I think it'll appeal to you, even if you're not a big reader. And then who would have thought that dating cats would have this whole kind of different entry? Because the recon and the research, they're activities that progress the overarching storyline. But the dating, it's really just tests and experiments of connection regardless of species. So it goes beyond human connection of race and gender and uh gender orientation and size, weight and religious or everything. It goes beyond that cuz now you're a completely different species. So it blends that and you see the pure kind of idea of what they're going for of finding a connection with another individual. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's well written too. So Definitely worth checking out. And so that's Perfect Date. It's four ninety nine and it's universal. And then there's Flow Game, where it's Flow FLO, and it kind of builds on that Florence idea of the whole flow through these interesting titles. And so this one isn't a dating app. It's not a text-based game. It's just one of those endless quick action one touch games and so in the case of flow at first glance you're like that's tiny wings but in a super minimalistic package and then you start playing it and it's a lot like tiny wings where you have these various hills you play as this ball that rolls down the hill and then you try to maintain momentum as best you can to stay ahead of the preceding blackness on the left side of the screen their main kind of differentiator is that you can flip gravity and you need to. So when you're going down a hill, you don't have to do anything. But then that hill is going to start going up. And so you flip gravity. So now you're actually rolling down. You can see the inverse because your ball flips to the inside of the hill. So now you see how the color scheme kind of changes. And you need to constantly flip gravity so that you're always rolling downhill no matter what trajectory. So you kind of always have to be cognizant of how the screen looks on the reverse. And you need to keep doing that for as long as you can. Yeah, there's not much I can add to the gameplay. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. It, the really you immediately start to think how does this compare to very similar games because there's a lot of similar games out already on the app store you wonder how like what were they thought that they were bringing that was different to the game and i don't really see that i don't see what they think what's any different that they're bringing that's better that would entice you to play this game over something like tiny wings and so for me, this one fell flat pretty quickly. I I had trouble at first even telling like the where you're switching the gravity. So I can easily tell that that ball is going to be going down a hill. But then it's not 
completely obvious that when you flip it to the top that it's really going down that upper hill it just kind of looks like it's flowing along it and then all of a sudden you'll start to slow down and sometimes that's obvious because of you hit like one of these little star mines other times i didn't really know why and then i would flip again and then it didn't seem to speed up I don't know. I just found it more confusing than fun. And where there are so many other titles that are very similar to it, I just didn't see a point. Yeah, so I went through the tutorial and I played the game and I kept having this thing where you collide with the ground and, you know, the screen kind of vibrates and you lose all your momentum. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll try the tutorial again. And it doesn't really help because once you go airborne it kind of throws off the whole gravity of the entire situation. You, Because the ball, if you flip gravity, it's not like it goes and pulls straight down to the ground because gravity's flipped. It kind of just barely wavers in the air. So try not to get airborne as best you can because once you do, it messes everything up. And so I did get airborne, and I tried to flip gravity once I la- for the landing, and then it smashes. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll flip gravity a different way. I'll try it both ways. And it, it lost all my momentum either way, and I kept trying to kind of experiment and change to impact the landing based on the gravity, and every time I seemed to lose all my momentum, and I don't know how not to go airborne because that just seemed to ruin all my runs. Right, and at least with Tiny Wings, when you do go airborne, you have control over trying to get yourself back on the path by instantly pulling yourself down. And I felt like I didn't have that control. That lack of that specific control, I felt, didn't give me any purchase into the game. Like, I felt like I was on rails where once it was in the air, there was nothing I can do, and just I'm at the mercy of however this thing lands – and it's either going to be good for me or it's going to be bad for me, but I have no no say in it. And I just felt like that taking that away from the player really destroyed the experience. It felt like now you what's the point? Right. And with so many games to easily compare, like if this was a new idea, you wouldn't say, oh, that's weird or something. But since you can compare it to so many different copies of Tiny Wings it sticks out even more like a sore thumb when you're just floating around. And then the weird thing is I would lose entire momentum. The blackness from the left side of the screen would appear, and then I would just flip gravity to roll down a hill and it would be completely gone and my mistake would be completely averted. And I lasted way longer than I should for as many mistakes that I made as well. Yes, yeah. Everyone <laughs> said, well, sometimes that worked. Other times it didn't. Like sometimes the the blackness could be on top of you. You flip and then all of a sudden you're going downhill and you gain enough speed that you come out of it and you're good. But then maybe like the next time it happens, you try the exact same thing and it doesn't behave the same way. You got lucky one time, but not every time. Yep. So that's Flow Game. It's free. It's universal. So you can give it a try. But... For me, my time, I'd go re-download Tiny Wings and remember why I like that game so much. Yep, I agree. And then to round out the week is Cuber, which is C-U-B-O-R. And it's just a really highly stylized logic puzzle game. You've probably played similar games in simpler forms where you need to essentially send cubes along the grid so they're into the right position. In this case, the cubes are going to have different shapes, like triangles and circles. And then on the board, you'll see triangles and circles. So you need to get 
the triangle cube over to the triangle square and the circle cube over to the circle square. And it's all that order of operations idea because then they introduce multiple colored cubes that need to go in a specific order so they don't block one another. And then you'll have cubes where all the sides but one are the corresponding shape. So you have to use the number, the right number of moves to get the proper orientation to land on that specific spot. And so it just builds upon that idea of more and more complex logic puzzle games. And it sticks out just because it has such a kind of clean 3D design with bright colors while it's still kind of simple in the structure so that you can just focus on the puzzles at hand. Yeah, I haven't tried this one yet, but it does look nice. I like how it has that whole rolling of the actual cubes where it feels like you're rolling along the path to give you almost like that tactile feel in in the, the game while you're playing. And so the game is completely free to download. There's no reason not to give it a try. It's Cuber, it's free, it's universal, and I think that's everything for episode 55. Yep, that's all I got. To everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later. Thank you.